Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Hello and welcome to Springboard, your virtual university. This is your most inspirational show and the point of convergence for the greatest minds. My name is Albert Okran, welcoming you on behalf of the Virtual Academic Board, chaired by Comfort. Call somebody to call somebody to join us for this all-important discussion. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Ratio Foundation in partnership with the Multimedia Group and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, UMB Bank, and the Enterprise Group with support from the Graphic Communications Group and My Joy Online. And it's my joy to welcome the CEO of the Margins Group, Mr. Moses K. Baden, to the Virtual University. Moses, good to see you. Thank you, Albert. I'm happy to be here. I, the last time we had you was must be the 2017 Festival of Ideas as keynote speaker. I think so. It's a long and, time ago. And it was a great experience. I'm glad that it was. So, there's so much I would like to pinch from 30 years of business experience. And I must say congratulations, 30 years. So two things strike me as we start this conversation. The first is 30 years of experience. And the second is 100 dollar starting investment. I'm sure many people say, oh, that, that can't be true. Let's talk about that before we start with your big lessons, Moses. Oh, yeah, time flies when you're having a good time. And uh, it's been from 23 when I started my first business in my father's garage. And I find I'm 55. And 30 years is going just like that. And... Um, this $100 story uh, just proves that um, no obstacle should be in the way of one's vision and purpose. And the way there's a will, there's always a way. Uh, wherever you lack resource in one area, you have resource in another. And when you don't have your resources, you have other people's resources to combine with your resources to achieve what you want to achieve. So let's not despise small beginnings. Uh, no matter where we're starting from, it's the the mind and the passion that drives us to where we want to get to. You know. I'm sure I'm already teasing out the lessons of your life, but the purpose of today's discussion is to hold the hands of the next generation of people coming through. I had the privilege of knowing your father and he inspired me a lot because he was the 
consummate entrepreneur and I'll just watch him and, 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 and wonder how he did what he did. So just the picture of what you are doing and the lessons of your life could really possibly inspire many others to reach out and do themselves, if I may say so. So we are hoping through this series to raise many more Moses Badings, many more people living out their dreams in business, in any other area that they've chosen to go into. Do you sometimes think about what it would be like to have many more 30-year-old businesses in this country and the impact it would have on unemployment? Well, that's the whole point. Uh, a society, an economy, a political um, environment and system is always changed by people, I would say. So the most important thing that we have in a business and in a country is our human resource. So depending on the values, the orientation of that human resource and what is the what fulfills them, it can determine what happens. You know, uh, someone sat under uh, an apple tree and Newton found the law of gravity, right? Somebody sat an apple, under an apple tree and ate the apple. It's the same two people sitting under the tree. It depends what they do with the apple. So it's this... Um, uh, transferring of uh, know-how, transferring of uh, the orientation of the mind and, and the values that people strive for. It's very important. Transformational agenda. It's a, after all, the same brain. So it's about what we put into it. And I've, I've always said that the, in that respect, I believe that we can transform Africa in a decade because of our demographics. And the, Last point on that. Do you, do you think we should amend our educational our approach to education? Because obviously, the kind of thing you are doing, you probably are not exposed to it in the regular educational curriculum from primary school to secondary school. I have a crazy notion that entrepreneurship should be introduced in some form, I mean, playful form, to people as, as early as in primary school. Is it crazy? I like I like the word playful, but definitely education is in different forms. The most instructive one is actually mentorship and apprenticeship, when you actually apply the knowledge to solve problems. And I think there's a big um, uh, division between the, the value that people put on academic uh, education as opposed to problem solving. You know, and, I, and the reason why I like the word playful is that uh, the medium of instruction must be such that people can remember the lessons of applying knowledge. And you know, my mother, she was a teacher, but the way she always taught you was through games and play. So you actually learn without feeling the pain of it. You know, you had to act the drama series, whether it was Merchant of Venice or it was Shakespeare's Othello or Macbeth. You play parts and you discuss lessons learned. So it wasn't like you have to learn it by rote. So you develop that love for literature and uh, love for words. And uh, you develop some deep thinking abilities and some imagination. So play is very good. So we, we don't think of... Uh, uh, knowledge transfer only in the formal structure. Of course, there's some discipline learning basic math and science or uh, syntaxes, grammar, and so on. But above that, that's, I think we put too much emphasis and in our society, we glorify academics. It has its place, but at the end of the day, we're living to solve problems, you know. So if, if that knowledge does not solve problems, then it's, uh, it's irrelevant, you know. Um, people ask, okay, why do you learn old Latin maxims? Why do you learn Shakespeare? Why do you learn? That's fine. If you just learn it for learning's sake, then it, it, there's no lessons there. But for instance, if in Shakespeare, discover several characters, 
these characters actually exist in life. And you can recognize them when you study them deeply, not from an academic point of view, but from recognizing that people are driven by different things. So you have an Iago everywhere you go. You must recognize an Iago. <laughs> you have an Othello everywhere you go. You must recognize that. You have the man in Aikoman's uh, beautiful ones. You must recognize the man with no power, struggling against a system that's corrupt in the gangster. These are all characters in, in, in our lives. And when we, we understand deeply, uh, not just the, the, the characters that they appear in the book, but the big, deep philosophical reasons why these characters are created, we're able to better deal with the dynamics in our lives. That's what character we want to play, you know, and the consequences of these characters when we, we look through a spectrum of a lifespan, you know. So those, those lessons, that deeper thinking, that problem-solving skills, those uh, reflective uh, values, they guide us in complex situations. Uh, this is too, too short a time. I could go on forever. But, you know, it's a much more deeper appreciation of life. Interesting. For somebody who is into technology, you have you've not abandoned <laughs> your literature and philosophical orientation. And just to add that complex problem-solving is one of the top ten attributes that the World Economic Forum identified for anyone who was still relevant beyond the year 2025. So you hit the nail right there on the head. Moses, let's go to the top 10 principles of your life. We'll, we'll take the first five. What are some of the strongest principles that you believe in? If We can call them commandments, we can call them lessons, we can call them principles, but what are the top things that you hold very dear. And so we just first list the first five and then find out why. What made you settle on them? Well, since I got your invitation and asking me to do this, I've been thinking and trying to reorder my thoughts in order to... to uh, there are several principles, but I've selected what I think are the top important ones, whether it's for business or it's for living. First of all, there must be a purpose to your life or a purpose to a business, a purpose to everything you do. And um, so we have to examine purpose in order to find relevance and fulfillment. But there could be several purposes during a lifetime. So what would be the next principle after purpose will be passion. You know, uh, we can be disciplined, uh, or we can be taught discipline uh, from the home and from the school, depending on what good home you come from or what good school you come from. But discipline only goes so far. You know, it's a certain regime. That makes life easy by routinizing setting actions that makes you operate in this world. But beyond that, what really will keep you up? You can do that by discipline, you know, but to be much more impactful, it's what you love. And that's the first commandment. <laughs> love. Love drives everything. Love is passion. It's what pushes you and what keeps you up and what makes you uh, have a competitive edge in business. It's what gives you a good marriage. It's what takes you through challenging times because you love something. Sometimes it doesn't translate into financial gain or wealth accumulation, but it makes you happy. But if you can combine that with some sort of financial freedom, it will bring you some kind of fulfillment. So passion, it flows from the soul. It's not because you, you've been taught a certain regime. That will, will keep you focused over time, 30 years whether you're making a lot of money or not. And invariably, if you're passionate about something, you can do incredible things, you know, on a global level, because you're invested in, not because you're so smart. There are a lot of smart people, but because you're passionate about what you do. So that would be number two. Number three would be values. 
you know, because values define which range of passions you pursue and which range of purposes you pursue. So, so let's do the first three. Mm. You started with purpose. Purpose. And then you went to passion. Passion, and values. Then values. Yes. And then whatever you do, I mean, you don't... Uh, when you die, I don't know whether you remember the richest man in 1921. Do you? No. Okay. So it's not money that really matters. You must also recognize that you're living as a human being. And uh, the human needs that you have that don't necessarily translate the financial results. So you have to have a work-life balance. And then you have to, to be humane in everything that you do. You have to impact humanity leave some footprints on the sound of time. Your life must be significant, you know, in that, in that, in that, in that sense. And um, you have to grapple with uh, a life-work balance, you know, and a life-work balance is, is not prescriptive. It's different for everybody, you know. And the last one we talking about, <laughs> you know, work-life balance. But, you know, my partner, my wife, you know, helps me along that balance. That means that we have different roles that we play. I'm good at some things. I'm not good at some things. Do you still do, you still do karate? Uh, not of late. I'm, I'm trying to start again. I just bought a new kimono. And, you and, you clients know, do that you were, you were a black belt in karate. <laughs> 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 that's, you see, so that's why the, the, the uh, purpose, everybody has several talents. And you know, as a super athlete, both on the, on the track, on the field, in football, and most what most people remember me as. I think you come and see me for, for, for the biography. If I'm not wrong, you were the goalkeeper as well who was school. Yes, yes, yes. I was goalkeeper. I did hurdles. So just goal, just for those of you who see the award, we didn't see you think it's the school goalkeeper in primary school and the black belt. Karate black belt in secondary school. Yeah, that, that I was actually the national champion. Champion by the time I was seventeen. You find the the experience of martial arts and the discipline that comes with it, percolating into your business approach and outlook. Sure. I mean, athletics, martial arts, and so on, it combines all the skills that you need in business and in life. I mean, first of all, you have to be consistent. Before you can get your body into a super lethal weapon, you need to be jogging three kilometers every day. You need to be able to do 100, 200 press-ups a day. You need to do all the rigorous exercises. You need to do kata. Then you have to synchronize your moves, your breathing, your muscles. And at the time you're a championship, you have to be a complete machine. Your body, your soul, your mind should be at one. You know, now my body cannot do the things that I used to do. <laughs> but you know, I used to be able to jump over 15 people. You remember? You know, I, I used to be able to smash a board three meters up. You know, but all that takes. I mean, look at my hands now. They used to be very different. But to get your hands to a level where you can break bricks and so on, it's, it's about a year of conditioning. It's a very long time. You have to be very determined and very passionate. So then again, you're good at sports, you're good at history, you're good at... So you have to choose one thing that you do out of all the things that you're good at. You can't do everything. So some phases of your life, you do some things, you know, and, and then you transition. You have to make a choice. Is that what you call purpose? That yeah. you understand that the purpose is multifaceted exactly. and also transitions. 
and you can't do everything. You know, I did most things that I loved, but I think in life you can do maybe two or three things very well. You know, there's so many things I wanted to do. I wanted to go to Harvard. I never got there because I started the business. And after a while, I thought that, okay, I'd rather hire Harvard people. <laughs> you know, I so, love so, you know, I ever had a day of education outside Ghana. I've had education in the world, maybe 56 countries, but many people who taught me a lot of things, but not formally sitting in a class to do an MBA. I'm a lawyer after all. <laughs> you know, that's what I, I learned in school, but that's not what should limit you. If you want to pursue knowledge, there are people that uh, know. Uh, you just have to know the right person to ask. And when you ask, don't forget the answer. You know, ask questions, and I'm asking you questions because there's so many <laughs> things I'd like to find out. Moses, let me summarize your lessons so far. We've talked about purpose. We talked about purpose. We talked about passion. passion. We talked about values. Values. And we talked about humanity, knowing what you have to achieve in terms of a life-work balance, and also the significance of your life on, on humanity. Some will call it legacy. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Legacy, as much as it's, it's in tune with your core competency. Okay. Yeah. So, Some values and the fourth is humanity. That. Yes. What would be the fifth? Knowledge. That's what we just talked about. That, you know, in one lifetime, it's not possible to learn everything that there is in life. So, one has to recognize that to get relevant knowledge, you should, first of all, you can read, take short courses, understand. Where you search for the information you need. Then you must find people who have done it before. You can spend 50 years. In my case, you, I have some things that I've learned over 30 years. I've also been taught by other people that I didn't just wake up and have the knowledge in me. But if a young entrepreneur wanted to know something important that I've done for 30 years, all they have to do is think about a question that they want to ask, make sure it's precise. Make sure they ask the question, listen to the answer, and don't forget the answer. Because that's 30 years of work. Ask good questions, listen to the answer, and don't forget the answer. Yes. Talking about which, I'm going to bring a, a young person starting out in life to ask you a couple of questions. And uh, she's listening out there, so you are saying she should ask deep questions. Yeah. Listen carefully to the answer, and, and don't not forget. forget the answer. When I was younger, in my 20s, I used to travel to China, Korea, many parts of the world. And I was confused because so many business problems I didn't understand. So if I knew I was going to meet a global business leader, I prepared for weeks, weeks, literally putting a question together. And if I went to a cocktail or a dinner and I was introduced to the person, I would say, Mr. X, I've been following you, but there's one thing I've been wanting to ask you that I can't solve. And I wonder if you can help me. You invariably say, yes, what is it? And then I ask my question. And because I have just a short time, these people tend to have very little time. One question, precise, of a problem that I'm facing. I listen to the answer, and I don't forget the answer. I'm telling yeah. you, this is probably the strongest point you've made today, because you will find that in the course of your life, you may get into an opportunity where you meet somebody of great significance. And if you don't have this kind of orientation exactly at the point where the person becomes available in your line of shot mm -hmm. you could easily divert to the refreshment table 
instead of heading for the person with the like a, the beeline. You know, lost the concentration. You go to a cocktail, you're thinking about a champagne, you're going to drink. No, me, I've been thinking one week ahead. I don't even taste the coffee I'm drinking. Sometimes I even forget to eat at the dinner table. I have one question. I need an answer because I don't know the answer. And that question will unlock many problems for me, you know. So imagine, I mean, you, I met so many, so many great people all over the world, from Asia to Europe to southern parts of Africa. If you just joined us, this is Springboard Virtual University. I have the pleasure of hosting the group CEO of the Margins Group, trying to find out the top 10 principles that undergird his life, and very importantly, some of the personal and business experiences that helped ingrain those principles in his mind and, if I may add, in his heart. He's been talking to us about purpose, about passion, about values, about humanity, and very importantly, about knowledge. He says, listen, you must learn lifelong learning, you must read, and very importantly, seek out people who have knowledge. And when you meet them, you must be decisive. Ask serious questions. Listen attentively to the answer. And very importantly, don't forget the answer. Moses, beyond these five principles, I have a feeling from your last answer that focus must find itself somewhere in there. Maybe it may, it may be under discipline, which you put under passion. But let's push on. What will be the principle number six? Because to embrace change. Embrace change. Because it's constant. You know, people are afraid of change. So when they get to a comfort zone, they want to stay there. But you know, life is full of seasons. As the Bible says, there's a time and, uh, for everything, you know. And, and there are times in the affairs of men, when they're taken by storm, leads on to fortune. If not, all their lives is spent in misery and in shadow. That's your season, you know. So if your outlook is one that embraces change, you're seeing that you're you looking for a change better? in the pattern in order to take advantage of the opportunity. When you're preparing, you're looking for a set of circumstances to come together where there's a change so that the preparation that you've made can be made to bear. There's a season for everything. You can't go planting in winter. You have to wait for spring. Give me an idea about the kind of transition from, I mean, it would seem that the margins group went through a phase of growth that I don't want to call organic, but I mean, there was some a growth pattern that was gentle. A gradient was quite gentle. Mm -hmm. And then it rose with the building of the factory and all of a sudden, all over the world, there was a lot of talk about what you were doing. Do you find that there seems to be a long period where you keep sewing and nothing much happens? or not enough for your liking, and then you suddenly spiral. Will that be the pattern that... So, so that's where the purpose translates to vision and goals. And that's where the goals give you some milestones. And that's where you get your checklist of where you're going. And that's what brings focus, you know. So just to make it a little more practical, I am a lawyer, a barrister, but I was always interested in computers. I could inspire a team of students to work with me on part-time basis as salespeople and say, hey guys, if we put these print furniture systems combined there, 
laminators, paper, toners, in the places where people were selling computers. We can have a consumables business. And we need just a thousand of them to get an average ten above a thousand. And we can make a million dollars. So simple construct. Because that's what we could do, leaving school, you know. So we did that. It's a long story. But so in twenty four months we made a million dollars. So you see the focus and, and the change and the focus and you know, wanting to see which part. So I abandoned trying to be a programmer. I abandoned trying to sell hardware. And I focused on that. So we had this sort of confluence where we were somehow in the office market. And then we started Lamination as the first company to introduce Lamination IDs in Ghana. So we had a choice. We could have been an office-type office, office type, uh, company. We could have been a, a distribution company, retail, and so on. But we chose to go into identity because we could see that that had some special knowledge that was on the board of IT and understanding materials and substrates and printing technology uh, and code and chips and all that. And it was a new market, a new green market. So we abandoned all the other ones, which seemed to be profitable. And then we went into this ID market. And we started somewhere around 96 or so. And by 1998, we created a whole new business. And our old business is now almost dead. And we have a whole new business in the identity ecosystem, where we connect uh, electronic identities to product solutions and services across all platforms. You know. And that, that decision, that identity, uh, was going to be key. Electronic identity was going to be key, not in the in the ICT world that was taken over in the, in the late eighties or nineties, but in the digitization ecosystem, the fourth industrial revolution, which is now also evolving. So the confluence of that put us in a place where we can offer our customers superior services, which is based on a deep knowledge of our industry and how to solve people's problems. You know, so. The, the digitized ecosystem has also transferred the, the uh, advantages that markets and people have in different countries. Now, there's no capital that's really important. Critical thinking and understanding what you want to, to do. Because it's the people that think and design that have the value, not the people that make them. Because the people that think design things for people to build. And the people that build don't necessarily know what the building is for. You know, so it's a different level of uh, industry that gives Africa, for instance, a big advantage. I mean, today we design things and build them all over the world. Uh, even though they are built and outsourced to be built, the thinking, the design thinking is from us. Sometimes we, we build different parts of things and we put them together. The people that build the parts don't know what the integrated uh, finishing, finished product will do because it's, it's that of our team that critical brainstorms and thinks these things. So you're in control of your destiny in terms of what products and solutions and services you want to bring to your customers in the market. And because of that, you can scale because now finding resource is global. You know, so we have people that work for us in different countries. Some of them have never been to Ghana before. They don't need to come to Ghana, you know, and, and we pay them, you know. And so it's a whole different thinking. So the focus and, and the direction of the journey and the vision will take you where you're going. I, I, my, I say to my friends and, and some of my young friends that, you know, if you don't know where you're going, any car will take you there. Right. So if you are going to Takradi, you start going to Takradi. If, I'm not, if I, I don't say I'm going to a destination, I'm going in a direction. Because I might go past Takradi and go past Ivory Coast 
who knows, I might end up in the Gambia somewhere. Right. You know, so I'm going west, right? And the next condition car comes and I say, Tamale, Tamale, we have an S500, it's full, it's got a lot of drinks and food, and it's going to Tamale. I don't know. I'm not going to Tamale. So I'm not going to sit in the S500. But if you don't know where you're going, of course you sit in the S500, you end up in Tamale. And you say, but how did I get here? This is not where I'm going. You know, so that, that will, will other people's steps when you talk about focus. Right. Two teams seem to be running constantly through your presentation. One of them is critical thinking, the kind of thinking that looks beyond what the average person looks at. And then also a focus on problem solving. And so it would seem that you, you literally have the courage to walk away from what has worked for you at any time because you see a bigger world, a bigger opportunity. And that for me is, is very interesting. This is Springboard of Virtual University discussing today the principles and the values or the lessons that undergird the lives of accomplished people. My guest for today, Moses K. Baden, CEO of the Margins Group, sharing with us so far lesson number one, purpose, two, passion, three, values, four, humanity, five, knowledge, and then number six, embrace change because change is constant. When I come back from this break, I'll be finding out the four other lessons or principles in his life and also bring on my colleague Nicole Akufu to ask him one question. And let's see how big the question she asks is. We'll also be finding out from him one conversation that changed his whole outlook on life. When we come from the break, we'll continue this amazing conversation. Please don't go away. When you can be anything, who will you become? When you can go anywhere and never feel alone, how far will you go? When you have the means to make your dreams real, when will you start? When your voice can reach every ear, who will you inspire? When your money can travel faster and further than you ever could, where will you send it? When you can tell a story in every language, which ones will you tell? When nothing can stop you, and everyone's behind you, and, and the, the whole world, world awaits, awaits you. Don't go alone. Go with us. Everywhere, Everywhere you go. go. Hello. Valued customer. Hmm. ASMO. The entire customer service team is out for lunch. Please call back in four hours. What? Me nana be di akona mama me bad service ano. Me kokra. Ah nana. With bumps from Enterprise D, you will love the customer service experience. Keke. I'm available for you 24/7 on the Enterprise Advantage app, the Enterprise website, and on WhatsApp number 055-400-1924. Hello. Babs. Chat with Babs from Enterprise, your contact for insurance, pensions, funeral and property solutions from the Enterprise Group. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. <laughs> UMB was established in 1972 as the premier bank for the corporate and private sector in Ghana. From our very beginning, as the only Ghanaian bank serving all categories of businesses, we set a standard for excellence and innovation over the past 45 years. We've built a financially healthy and strong bank. 
demonstrated our commitment to our customers and to growing businesses, and exhibited originality and innovation at every turn. At UMB, our focus is built around people, service, products, and technology. These are the key to our present success and our future triumphs. At UMB, we're poised to make a difference not only with our customers, but also in the banking industry. We invite you to share in our future. Our future starts now with you. Welcome back to Springboard Investor University and to this amazing conversation, the first in our series on the top 10. And I have the honor of hosting Moses K. Badings, Group CEO of the Margins Group. Moses, walk us through the, the, the four, the remaining four, and then let's find out what led to those thoughts. So when you know your customers and you know what products and solutions and services will serve their needs, the products come after the needs because the customer's needs are constant. But the products and solutions and services that meet those needs, they change. So as long as you know the need that you're trying to fulfill and you know the effective market size and the difficulty there is to scale to meet that market size that you want, then you have a framework within which you think. And then what you have to consider is, what can I do different? That will give me a competitive edge over my company. So you're saying that before you can talk about going global, you need to understand the customers and their the market side must drive what the you're business doing. model. And the needs is, is needs. some of the needs they don't even know themselves. Okay. You know. Known and unknown. Unknown. Okay, yeah. great. And that's number seven. What's yes. number eight? Apart from the part that drives you. What will sustain you on that journey? I thought about life or balance. But you need inner peace. And so even in choosing a partner for marriage and in keeping the environment in your home, if you really want to be an effective leader and perform at a certain level, it's a lot of stress, as you know. And sometimes you're doing 80, 20 hours for years. And you need peace at home. You need the family framework. You need support. You need people that will help you go through the difficulties. Can the absence of a peaceful home mm. potentially fight your business people? Yeah. And it could even end your life prematurely. Mm. So the point is, it will create all these massive, significant, impactful businesses. And you don't have a, a fulcrum to to balance your life and, and to bring your personal fulfillment. It's not about money. At the certain stage, it's not really about money. You can't spend all that money, right? When you die, you can't go with it. I, 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 you see, when, when, when an accomplished person says it's not all about money, the, the beginner says, no, you see, it's because you've got it. <laughs> you haven't got it. The money has to come first before you can say it's so not that's all about money. You know, what would you say to that? I think that the, and that's where actually the right question comes in, right? If you have the ability for your mind to travel to places where you haven't experienced, you haven't actually experienced, but you can let your mind experience the things other people have experienced, you'll be significant by listening. Do you understand me? I can experience Albert, what you've experienced if I'm interested in listening to your story. And for every leader, even for my team, you have to be able to step into the shoes of the young people they are mentoring and try to figure out what they are seeing. You have to find a way to communicate to them 
to understand what you're trying to explain. Wow. Yes, that means. So, you know your customer is number seven? Mm. Inner peace. Yes. And peace at home is number eight. Home be number nine. You have to understand the principles of money. Understand the principle of money. The principles of no, money. I have a feeling that would be the number one. The <laughs> <laughs> money has rules. You know, the first yeah. time you said this to me, I'm trying to remember was in the early 90s. Yeah. I'm sure you don't remember I don't yourself. remember now. Early 90s means probably about how many years now? Oh, 30 years. Yes. Business, you said this yeah. to me 30 mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. And I remember exactly where we were standing when you said it. Yeah. You asked me in a different way, but come, let's come back to it. My father what, told me how to understand money. What is, what, what is the language of money? What, what are the principles? Oh, of money? Mean, what does it mean? It's not even complicated. You don't have an MBA to understand it. The first thing is that my father told me is that you should, even when you are hungry, you should never kill the hen that lays the eggs. And when you learn that principle, you learn to cut your coat according to your size. You get me? Don't fool other people in, in spending money that you haven't earned. It's a simple principle. You can't go bankrupt if you don't spend more than you earn. Yes, that mean? It's very important. And never borrow for consumption. When you borrow, almost make sure that you can cover the risk. Always make sure you can cover the risk. Wow. And don't borrow for personal expenditure. If you borrow, almost make sure that you can cover the risk. I have a feeling that it's it's a lesson that many startups are battling with. So it's, it's the mind. You know, the young people today, they want everything now. And they are living in this millennial social media world where people make videos about things that are not really true. They have this, they have that, they have that. But, you know, if you have a deep sense of where you're going, you have priorities. I mean, I was telling some young people that when I, I, I bought my first flat when I was 24, right? And um, I never paid rent before. So I had a bed for several years, maybe six years. I had only a bed and a fridge and a small TV, no curtains. But I was buying hundreds and hundreds of thousands worth of stock. But I could afford to buy curtains. My friend just so why don't you just buy curtains? I said, I can't afford it. So what do you mean by you can't afford? You see, because you have a sense of what your priorities are. Would I put that under the discipline that you mentioned? Well, it's the rules of money. Oh, okay. Really? It's the rules of money. Let, let me pick number 10 and I'm going to come back to this because the rules okay. of money are... I, I think we should have a whole show about the It can be a whole elaborate. I mean, those are simple principles, but it's, of course, in the corporate world, it's much more complicated. But even that, they are basic principles. I don't need to do it myself. I have a lot of experts in my team who I can ask, but the principles are the same. Can you tell me this, that they're bringing a whole set of spreadsheets and revenue models and risk analysis? And we have some really smart people on that team. But the important thing is, when you sift through all that, can you apply the rules that gives you the options? And how do you really know that the option that you've chosen? It's optimized. So what's the cost-benefit analysis of that? What's the opportunity cost? Is it the time to do one thing or the other? Are you okay? Yeah. But if you have the rules of money, it's simple. It drives Just it don't go and spend money that you don't have. Okay. That, how, how simple is that? <laughs> don't buy unnecessary things and a different priority from what is important for your business. It's, it's not that complicated. You know, people always look at the end of the story. 
No, I just told you the beginning. Wonderful. That the beginning I had a mattress on the floor. It's not because I, I didn't have any money. No, my priorities were different. I had a fridge. I didn't need a cooker because I never cooked. I was too busy. You know, I had a small TV. I could buy a big one, but I need the money for something else. You know, and uh, it's it's not a matter of how much money you have. It's different circumstances. So you, that's why you need the top principles. Don't kill the hand that is the golden egg. Don't spend more than you earn. And when you borrow, make sure you can cover the risk. Very important. Three keys There's to money. Three. Last you point, know. 10 point. Well, you also have to strive for excellence. Strive for excellence. Yeah, if you are going to play, play in the Premier League. Don't play in a cold team. I mean, you may start in the cold team, but aim to be the Premier I, I, I mean, personally, I advise young members of my team that listen, you're learning stuff. Sometimes you think, oh, I'm stuck in the middle, I don't know where I'm going. But when you apply yourself, you volunteer, you, 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 you volunteer, you seek. If there's a project, you volunteer to do it because you're working with a great director. You know, we have some very great people on our team. A lot of great people, a lot of them fans from boys as well, you know. You know. And uh, as a young person, when you work with people, you should volunteer. You know, all these sort of, that's my frustration. It's, it's what's in people's minds. They're rather going to talk some politics, do something stupid. I mean, there's a whole world of quite well of things to do. You have a great person you're working with. Learn everything you can. Think rationally. Don't worry about the other man and what he has. And it, those are small-minded things. And that's exactly why we brought you here on Springboard to open up the next generation to possibilities they may not have considered. Talking about the next generation, I have Nicola Kufu um, in the studio today. I, I purposefully brought her to ask you a question, and you you said what you want to hear. That the question should be: I go, Nicole, have you been on radio before? Just once. You have. Yes. Okay, so today you're, you're, it's your turn to ask Mr. Baden a, a question. Um, I'm sure listening to his story, you, you are probably looking at yourself and saying, one day we'll also get there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so over to you. Ask Mr. Baden your question. Thank you so much for such an insightful session. During your discussion, you said something that struck me. You said, examine your purpose in order to find relevance and fulfillment in life. After law school, you decided to enter into the business world. What made you certain that this was what you wanted to do at a young age of 23? Um, for me, I, I must say that I, it's quite easy for me. My father was an extraordinary businessman. And without knowing it, he had been taking me to work and putting me in all kinds of very difficult situations, from fitting shops to sitting in a cheaper truck in his transport company to taking stock and selling spare parts to supervise and build and work with laborers, all that. So in, in that sense, from an early age, you, you, you build a certain passion to, 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 to start from ground zero and build things. And you get the confidence that you can do it. Uh, and in that sense, I might say that I'm lucky. So when I, I, I just found out much later on that most of my mates, if I said I was going to do something, so I said, so there's always thinking about who to build something or do it. So it's a passion, but of course, having said that, not all my brothers do what I do, so there's a difference in different passions, right? And passion doesn't necessarily have to translate into fabulous wealth, I see. You know, you start something that you're passionate about. I could tell you several stories about people doing things. My own brother-in-law, Bishop Ewood Mills, started this 
church in a dining hall in Kodebo. I used to go. And today, he sells, he sold what gets me on books. And I went to the, you know, writing books, like Albert does. You can sell 30 million books. But that's a passion for books, you know. Yeah. And me and him share a lot of values, and we've been to the same schools. So we actually lived in the same house before. So it's, it's helping out, something to to do. So, oh, Albert's gone, we will go. Let's postpone this, and then we'll go have a conversation with him. So we're driven by what we're passionate about. I believe sincerely, and this is not something that you put in a book just by saying, that whatever you put your mind to, whether it's writing books like my brother-in-law, or doing uh, what Albert is doing to change lives, you have an impact. And if that makes him happy, it gives him significance. That's what I was talking about. So if you identify, you could also do something. He used to want a prison press before, right? Apart from being a good writer, but he's got several skills. But I'm glad that he's chosen one. You get me? Yeah. At the end of the day, he's, I'm sure you've done two or three things. You know, right? yeah. You've chosen one. Look at what the great impact has made. Not because you are going to make a ton of money. I don't think in the beginning you're thinking about money. But today, the lives that you impact. And then you still have to consider the rules of money because I dare say that the studio costs money, right? So you have to have cash flow <laughs> to make sure that the, the, the show is, is significant enough to have the likes of MTN and Enterprise Insurance, and maybe margins in the future, wanting to put money in it. We love him, but that's not because of that, but because he has visibility and it carries on brand. Uh, communication. So that, that's what I mean. I don't know what your passion is. And sometimes people are waiting for their mentors to tell them what their passion is. It doesn't work that way. It must be you yourself. Yeah. Yes. It's a spring from the soul. And who knows what will happen. You owe me two answers before we wrap up in two minutes. Yeah. And the first is about, did you ever have an encounter with someone that you spoke to for just a minute or a couple of minutes or oh, just in one interaction you were like... <laughs> oh, several. I told you everything that I know I've learned from some, some people. And sometimes it's not even, I'm even ends from my, my, my team members, the young people, because I listen. Yes, I mean, I listen. So at this age, sometimes I don't listen too well because when I, I listen, I hear this doesn't make sense. I already know. <laughs> but I'm voracious in terms of the way that I, I, I think that's something I'm lucky with. I, I imbue information, you know. And uh, I remember when I was maybe 25, you know, I've been buying from the Swiss company and they give us all small credit. They had a small office in London. They give me some 10,000, 20,000. And I said, I need a bigger credit. So I said, Moses, like, the day that you buy 100,000 pounds, was it 100 or 200,000 pounds, we'll then take you to the another business so that you can speak to you about what you want to do in a credit. So the day I hit the 200,000 pound sale, I called up this German guy. Hi, Raylan, you look at my account. He said, hey, Moses, here. Yeah, yeah, you promised me we have to go and meet the doctor. He's got the burger. And so he said, okay, we're going to go to see, but which was a trade fair in Hanover. And we're going to see the doctor. I, I book an appointment for you. And this is a really rich guy, very important guy. We went to this seabed fair in Hanover. They used to have it every year. Now, the fair was the only black person at that fair at that time. It was a big computer fair. I told you I was interested in computer. I was the only person who was going there for years. I'll never see another black man because the black people were probably not interested in that, right? So we went and sat in this booth, and there's a long queue of very well-dressed white males, mostly, and very expensive suits and ties. I have to be looking at mine all the time, you know. And I was the last person to see. So when I came in, I said, oh, Mr. Baden, so what can I do for you? And this is when you have a short time. 
So I said, you know, I want to represent you in West Africa. He said, really? Okay. Why is that? What do you want to do? So I, I brought out my, I was a lawyer. I wasn't a business person then, right? <laughs> I mean, in terms of knowing really, you know, pictures are taking, what I was doing, the markets I was going, going to. So when I finished talking plans, he just asked me three questions. He said, what kind of government has Ghana got? This is about 1995. So I said, we're a democracy. How long has the democracy been? I said, two years. What's your GDP? I didn't know that. So I said, I didn't know. He said, okay. I can tell you. So he told me. Then he said, what's your population? So I told him. Then he said to me that, you know, you're a remarkable young man. You're very passionate. I can see that you're going to do very well. But um, I give all the rights for West Africa. You can have the whole market exclusive. So I said, okay. He said, by the way, can you join me at dinner today at the Queen's Hotel? The Queen's Hotel is the most expensive hotel. I was staying with some Ghana family somewhere. In, I know I could hardly afford it. You know, I could afford it, but I didn't want to pay for the taxi fares and all that. Anyway, so in the evening, I went to the Queen's Hotel and I was thinking, why is this guy asking these questions? So he sent me right by him. And so after a while, I asked him, Doc, I want to know something. I know that you're a doctor of economics and I'm just a lawyer. I don't understand. What's the input? He asked me these three questions. Why is that? It's all, it's very simple. If the government is not stable, then the economy will be bad. It's not predictable. Mm -hmm. That's one. So before you make an investment, we have to look at how long the government is really stable because there'll be risk. And two, when you know the GDP of the country, you know the population, you can do GDP and population analysis across countries and you can see the market size. And because our policy is not to go into some markets of the certain size, because it's too expensive, and too risky for us. We prefer to work to partners. So you see, <laughs> that was the conversation. So now I understand it, and I'll just give you another lesson. One of my ten, right? right. Somebody told me that. So, so, so you, so you talk about the kind of thinking that you you have, and this definitely was one of the things. I oh yes, yeah. you can imagine. He just gave me forty years of experience. What's the sign of video? outlook into the future and i hate to end interviews like this because i'm learning even more than our viewers <laughs> i'm going to go to you nicole to sign off today to tell me one thing that you've learned but moses tell me when you look into the future what do you see oh i think that the future the positive side of it is that because of the confluence of digitization and the singularity of the channels that are going through Anybody anywhere is able to publish content and it gets to everywhere in an instant. The people that actually make products sometimes are not the people that benefit from it because of this fourth industrial revolution. That means that mindset, knowledge, orientation, critical thinking is going to control the world, not being capital. I think that the demographics of Africa with a young population that has the raw material for this age is critical. Policy, both public and private in companies should be focused on renting the minds of this raw material, which is unique to us, and putting in the critical thinking and the content that will create the mind that will shape tomorrow. Because you look at North America, you look at Europe, their population is old. When you are old, you are different. Your mind is weak. Unless you will find some gene therapy that's going to make people's minds change. 
we have a huge opportunity to teach people the principles, in this case of business, so we can transform our societies. And also to look at the values that drive the economy. You know, I mean, communism has failed to a large extent, but capitalism has its own problems as well. Because if we have this rapacious appetite to just take and take and take without looking at climate control and looking at how the world is going to be sustainable, then we'll collapse the whole world, right? Now, with AI, with data analytics, with robotics, with augmented reality, all the new tools that a man in Lima has, all they need is an internet connection. Just like the, the little child in, in Silicon Valley. Why can't we do the same? And we, we as a company and as a team of people with their minds, that's what we strive for every day. Trying to change the paradigm. It's not going to be easy. And we say, oh, it's Africa, they have this. But that's fine. The environment is part of the problem. Let's think ourselves out of it. And the only way we can do that is not just by talking. It's by creating role models, by showing. We're not going to have a perfect world. And I don't think people to be pontificating about the problems that we have. We know the problems that we have. How do we solve them? It's going to be solved by the youth, the people that we're going to train today. And, and it's my hope, and we try that in a small way, man, is to inspire people to think differently and, and leave the little things behind to think critically and solve problems, not just keep getting academic certificates that don't mean anything. It's okay to have you know, the theory of things, but let's actually get your hands and solve problems because this is our time. You know. Moses Baden, you've really lit up our show today with some very inspiring thoughts and for the benefit of those who may be asking, all right, so... I just drained in, and this has been so great. Let me remind you that purpose, passion, values, humanity, knowledge, embrace change, know your customers, inner peace. Number nine, understand the principles of money. And number 10, strive for excellence. And the 10 commandments of Moses B. Let me add 11. Employ smart people. He said it several times in his presentation, and I know I know he does that for a fact, so I'll add it for him. Let me come to you, Nicole, to sign off and tell me one big thing you've learned from today. So in everything, he says that the world has needs. And in order to meet those needs, you have to gain knowledge. But you have to gain knowledge that solves problems. That's what I'm that's my key takeaway from this section. I'm going to ask you five years from now what you did with what you learned from Mr. Bading, because I'm learning some very significant things myself, and I'm going to account for them in a big way that this had. Most of all, I want to say thank you to you for coming. Thank you. It's been a great pleasure. It's been an amazing, amazing experience, and we look forward to doing this again. Definitely. Let I'm me thank the, the team at Margins that's helped coordinate this, this interview, APR, and the whole crew at Margins. God bless you so much. So this is Springboard of Virtual University. I have several learnings from today. And I'm struggling to choose between meeting the rich man and the learning from that one, or how to ask questions, listen to the answer, and remember them. But I'm going to settle on one thing. Having a mattress, putting it on the floor, having a small fridge, and not buying curtains. <laughs> yes. Let's do this again next week. On behalf of Comfort and Team Springboard, 
I want to say a big thank you to the multimedia group for partnering us in this venture and to our sponsors, MTN Pulse, UMB Bank, the Enterprise Group, and the Graphic Business. Join us on Tuesday in the Graphic Business for a transcript of this interview and take your time and read the lessons over and over again. My name is Albert Okran. God bless you. God bless you and God bless you.